be, but we're going to also uh, read several verses from Acts chapter number 18. And so uh, if you want to also find Acts chapter number 18, uh, in just a little while we'll uh, read several verses from there. Uh, but we'll begin in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And I'm looking forward to uh, the study tonight and uh, what the Lord has for us. And while you're finding that, uh, I'll just uh, say uh, I want you to listen very, very carefully to me tonight. Uh, I have uh, nine different points that I'm going to give, so I'm going to move quickly through them. Uh, but, but I hope you're seeing through this study um, the, how everybody can have a part in the work of God. Tonight we're going to talk about a unique couple, and God gave them a unique opportunity to make a difference in the work of God. Uh, oftentimes we may say, well, I'm not this person, uh, but God has something. You can make an impact from where you are in the ministry. And remember, we're all in the ministry, or we should all be in the ministry. Uh, we all can have a part, and uh, I really want, I want everyone to pay attention, but I really want couples to pay attention tonight, and as we've seen all of these different studies, uh, you, you, we talk, we've talked about Demas, we talk about Luke, and, and, and Mark, and all these different ones, and uh, God gives different people different opportunities depending on their circumstance, uh, but certainly God will use all of us, and so we're going to look at this uh, passage tonight these two individuals, and I believe, I believe it'll be a helpful Bible study. And if my, if my count is not off, uh, there's five more uh, studies after tonight. And so uh, we'll have five more uh, different uh, uh, companions we'll look at. And uh, so we'll uh, uh, go through this a few more weeks. Uh, first, our second Timothy chapter number four. And of course, we know Paul's coming to the end of his life. He realizes that. He's writing to Timothy. He gives Timothy some instruction. Then he begins to mention all of these companions. And tonight we come down to verse 19. Salute Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Anesiphorus. I want you to look at Priscilla and Aquila. This couple played a prominent role in the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul. Prominent role. Um, they're names that we read over, and sometimes we don't stop and pay attention to who it is. Um, but I think as we connect the dots of the impact they had, I, I believe we'll see that they made a big difference uh, in Paul's ministry and life. And I hope it'll show us how we can make a difference uh, in, in our everyday life. Uh, ordinary people. God has always used ordinary people to do extraordinary things if they were willing. And uh, tonight is one of those examples. And we're going to talk about hospitable companions tonight. Hospitable companions. Father, help us as we uh, look into the Word of God. May the Spirit of God teach us, instruct us, speak to our hearts tonight uh, as we look at these examples in Scripture. And Father, before the foundation of the world, uh, you etched these verses in eternity uh, so that we could learn from them tonight. And Father, I pray we'll give our attention uh, to this so that we can learn from you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
uh, obviously, we've laid a little bit of the groundwork as we come to uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, we know the context from which Paul writes this. We know that he's in prison. Uh, he's writing to Timothy, and he's listing uh, all of these individuals. Uh, we talked uh, just a few of them, and I've already referenced some of them tonight, uh, how uh, Demas forsook and how uh, that stuck in, in Paul's memory, but then he mentions Luke. I mean, it's obvious, Luke the doctor, uh, why it means so much to Paul that Luke would still be with him because Paul had those physical infirmities. And he talks about Tychicus and how he could send him to and forth and he could go to and, and, and fro and be that messenger. Uh, and then, of course, uh, some that he warned Alexander and talked about how no man stood with him. But then we come to this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, who were very significant in the ministry of Paul. He had met them in Corinth uh, about 16 years prior, and now he sits in this Roman prison. Uh, we're going to look tonight, and I'm going to get right into the uh, things that the Bible tells us about this couple, and I believe there'll be a help to all of us. Certainly as couples, it can be a help, but as individuals, there's traits that they had uh, that if we have them, it'll, it'll do us well, and it'll do the ministry well for us uh, as we serve the Lord. Uh, first of all, I want you to see, number one, they were inseparable. Uh, you will not find one's name without the other. They are always referenced together. And they were always together. It leads us to believe that they were a very close couple. Uh, they were together at everything. Uh, you would not see one without the other. Now, uh, sometimes in life, uh, not every couple can be that way, but this was one of those couples uh, where, the, where the man and the lady were always side by side, uh, and we shouldn't always expect that, uh, but they were where they could minister one with the other. Now, uh, some, I know what some of you were thinking. If I had to minister and serve in ministry side by side with my husband or wife, uh, that would not bode well. We need our away time. We need our separation time from each other. That may or may not apply to you, but they were always together. And sometimes life, our schedule, keeps that from happening. It doesn't mean uh, that, that they loved each other more than other couples love each other, uh, but this was an opportunity that God placed them in, and they took advantage of it. That's something that I, I want us all to uh, kind of take advantage of and file away in our minds tonight, is that when God presents us a unique opportunity of service, we ought to take it. What comes to mind is I'm having a meeting with all of the, uh, those in special music. If God has given you a musical talent, you should use it for the Lord. Well, it doesn't fit in my schedule. Change your schedule. Because you have a unique opportunity that others do not have, and God provided it to you. It may be different. It may not be music. It may be something else for you and I. It's something that God has provided us. And here is an example of two, they had a unique opportunity and they took advantage of it. They were inseparable. They decided they were a team. It was Priscilla and Aquila. They were a team. I think that's a wonderful mindset for husband and wife to have in, in, in serving the Lord. We serve the Lord together. It's frustrating for one spouse to go to church and another spouse and the other spouse not to be there. It can be frustrating in the home when one spouse wants to serve the Lord in a greater way than the other one does. 
Why don't we, those of us who are in this, we are couples serving the Lord, why don't we decide we're going to serve the Lord together? It doesn't mean you necessarily have the same talents. It doesn't mean you serve necessarily in the same ministry, but you're going to serve. We are going to serve the Lord together. And I think that's a wonderful thing for young people to remember. If, if you are going to serve the Lord and God wants you to serve Him, by the way, He does, then you ought to marry somebody that wants to serve the Lord too. Let me tell you how not to marry. Y'all, okay, get this. This is, this is going to be breaking news. Let me tell you how not to marry somebody who doesn't want to serve the Lord. Don't date them. We ought to be in this together, a mindset. We're going to serve the Lord together. Number two, they were not threatened by each other. Now, some of you say, that's not me. We threaten each other. All that. I didn't say they, they, they didn't threaten each other. They were not threatened by each other. This is important. Please get this. Priscilla was mentioned before Aquila the first four of six times in Scripture. Meaning, against what is typical in tradition, the wife's name was mentioned before the husband's name four out of six times. She, in Scripture, which leads us to believe in life, was more prominent than he was. Now, that does not mean that their home was out of order. It does not mean that she was the boss of home. Obviously, because they worked side by side with the Apostle Paul, and the Bible speaks so favorably of them, their home was in a spiritual order. But she was more prominent than he was. Some would say that she had a higher standing in Society. Maybe her personality was more outgoing and his was a little more quiet. But the fact that they worked so well together leads us to believe that he was not threatened by her prominence. She, undoubtedly, there's a reason why she was mentioned first four out of six times. But sometimes, now let me just say, this, does, this is not a pastor and co-pastor. This is not husband and wife co-pastor. You will not find that in the Bible. Matter of fact, you'll find it forbidden in Scripture. You're never going to see Pastor Greg and Heather. She's at home sick tonight. Pray for her. She's having a flare-up. That's why I'm taking so much liberty tonight. You're never going to see that, because then the secret would be out. She writes my sermons anyway. So, Well, a lot of times, God will open a door, an avenue for the lady, and the man can be insecure about the opportunity that God has given her. It, I don't know her standing in society, but I do know it's significant that four out of six times, she is mentioned before him. Uh, they, he, they were secure in who they were and what God had for them to do. Uh, and men, let me just say, don't let your wife serve the Lord in a greater way than you do. 
man, I'm all alone up here. Uh, now, she may have more time than you do. If a man's wor working full-time, maybe he's even working uh, another job, he's got responsibilities, that doesn't mean you have to match hour for hour, but you need to be okay with that. Does that make sense? Uh, if, the, if, if, the, if the God opens the door for her to serve it as a Sunday school teacher, it's just not something that you're... Be okay with that. Uh, they were together. They were secure with one another. I'll move quickly to number three. I'm going to feel all alone on this one, too. They did not place preeminence on their children. Now, I, I was thinking about this more today. And some of what I'm going to say was not in my original study, but I, but I, think, it, I think it's an application that needs to be made. There's two conclusions that we can draw from Priscilla and Aquila. Their children are never mentioned. The first conclusion we can draw is perhaps they didn't have children. And if they didn't have children, it would certainly lend to the fact that they were willing to pick up and move and serve with Paul. It would lend to the fact that they were willing, as we're going to see, to open their home to the church. But they're not mentioned. So perhaps they did not have children. God does not tell us that. But it did not limit them from serving the Lord in a greater way if that was actually the case. But what was probably the case is they were just never mentioned. Which leads us to the second possibility that could have taken place. Perhaps they were not mentioned because they did not have any. But perhaps they were not mentioned because they never allowed their children to get in the way of them serving. In just a moment, we're going to see how they would pick up and they would travel to help. They had to, they had to flee, and, and there they are. They're helping in the ministry. They're doing things that took some sacrifice and took some hard labor, and they didn't, if they had children, they didn't let them stop them. We're going to see how they opened up their home. I wonder if they were like a lot of Christians in this world, well, that would just inconvenience my family too much. Well, that would just alter my family life too much. Well, um, sometimes, for the ministry's sake, God would have us do that. Now, you'll never hear me teach and preach and push you to put anything in the place of where your family should be. That's not going to happen. But I do believe that there's a danger in using God's gift as an excuse of why we don't serve. I'm going to use this as an illustration, and, and if somebody gets upset at me, I'll, I'll, I'll lose some sleep over that tonight. Recently, we were at summer, our two days of camp, and it's hot. And, of course, things were different with the pandemic, and there's activity times, and there's ladies that need to be out watching the kids. 
And Mrs. Stanley had to go stand out in the heat. I'm not talking about ours, but ladies in general, because some of the younger generation had responsibilities they had to take care of. Are we serving the Lord or are we not? See, I grew up in a pastor's home. I was not neglected as a child. But we were involved and we knew the place of the ministry. Uh, My kids are growing up in a pastor's home. I don't think they'll tell you they're neglected. Now, sometimes I try and hide and get away from them, but we have to be very careful that our children do not hinder our work, the work that God has for us. Now, don't pawn your kids off on somebody else. By the way, it's not the church's job to rear your children. We'll help. It's not the Christian school's job to rear your children. It's yours. It's your responsibility. Uh, so we understand that. But at the same time, we have to understand, I want to remind you with this tonight, that those children are not couples, parents still rearing your children. They're not your preeminent purpose. Who is supposed to have preeminence in every life? Christ is. So God gives me a gift in my children. I'm to rear them according to His honor and glory. He should keep preeminence. Now, you will have to change your schedule some because they make you do that. Duties never conflict. The point I'm just trying to make is We never hear about their children. We always see them together. Perhaps they didn't have children, and that's why they were able to do that. That's a very likely scenario. But there's also the scenario of they had children, but they were still going to serve the Lord. And I think that's the mindset, not just with our children, but it could be a job. It could be everything. We need to make sure everything has its proper place because Christ should have preeminence. Well, they don't want to come to church. Bring them. Well, I would be involved in this, but bring them. We we pray, God, give 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 me a family. I want to rear them to your honor and glory, and then we use them as an excuse. Don't use them as an excuse. Are you ready for me to move number four? Let me just tag this on. Bring your children for God, not for you. We're them for God, not for you. Uh, if, if you're going to rear them for God, you're going to have to fight them. You're going to have to fight yourself. You're going to have to fight this world. We're them for God, not for you. Be, be, be very careful that you don't in, instill in them at a young age that God's work is not important because God's work is important. Number four. They went through trials and persecutions together. They went through trials and persecutions together. Life was not always easy. This is where we'll look in Acts chapter number 18, if you have your Bibles open there. Acts chapter number 18. Look with me at verse number 1 and 2. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. 
verse 2 of chapter 18, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. Uh, the Jews uh, were persecuted. Uh, no new thing under the sun. These were, uh, they turned to Christ. They were, they were converted Jews. They had no place there. And so they were made to leave their home. Um, they did that together. Uh, could you imagine because of persecution, forced to leave your home, leave your city, go, have to go to another place? It's happened throughout all history. Um, the man's going to handle that one way. The woman's going to handle that another way because man and woman are different. They face the challenge together, although they may not have approached it the same way. Uh, it's important that we understand that there are trials and persecutions that will come as we serve the Lord but they handle them together. Through the years, you, you see trials come, and you see one member of the family handle it a little bit better than the other one. And the devil will use anything to put a wedge between a husband and wife, put a wedge between a Christian and God. That's why we always got to be careful, because he'll use anything to do that. Uh, it, it, we just need a revival today in our homes and in our marriages of, of just, you know, whatever we face, we're going to get through it together. Whatever we face, we're not quitting. Uh, and, and ladies, especially, you know, I feel like I'm speaking generally, more generally to the, uh, the younger couples, but certainly this applies to, to more than that. Um, you know, so, sometimes things are going to be tough. Uh, Make sure you're not the hindrance to, 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 to your husband and to your home not serving the Lord. Men, vice versa. If you're going to face a trial, you're going to face hardship, just determine you're going to face it together, but we're going to still serve the Lord, we're going to still come through the other side, and we're going to still do what God has for us together. They went through trials and persecutions together. Number five. They were hard workers. Look at verse number 3 of Acts 18. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. So the apostle Paul worked side by side with Priscilla and Aquila as a tent maker. Tent making was hard work. They were hard workers. And I could get myself in a lot of trouble. I just want to point out what the Bible says, that Priscilla and Aquila were both working to help provide for their family. I feel all alone on that. Because it was necessary. Notice this, that they, they worked very, very hard. It's not like a tent maker of the day. We have a tent out there that came as one piece of fabric, each pen of one piece of fabric. Now, uh, it was quite entertaining watching the men take that down, put that up, move it this way and that way, and it took a whole crew of people to do that. 
And it probably took longer than they wanted it to take, putting that up. But could you imagine if they had to make the tent before they put the tent up? And they got all the strands of goat hair and camel hair and wove that all together to make panels and then fastened those panels together. That is hard work. They supported themselves even as they served the Lord. Um, it's a great thing when husband and wife are serving the Lord together. It's a great way when husband and, and, and wife are doing what is necessary so that the family can serve the Lord together. Uh, it would be, uh, it's important to understand that sometimes uh, as couples you have to do things that you don't have to do all the time. Uh, they serve the Lord so they could do, they, they worked together so they worked hard so they could do more for God. It's not going to hurt to work. That's one of the, the, the that's one of the big failures of of our society in this day is we're producing, and you see the results of our nation a generation that doesn't know how to work or refuses to work. I, I don't understand that. Uh, and the worst thing that you can do for somebody who won't work is enable them. We ought to work. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to do it. Whether or not what a husband and wife decides is best for their home is completely up to them. If mom can stay home and take care of the kids, wonderful. But... Make sure the house is clean when husband gets home. Uh, if that's what you decide to do, um, understand the budget's not going to be where you want it to be. Kids are expensive. They worked hard so they could serve the Lord together. So they could do something for the Lord. Now, you can apply that in each and every way you want to apply that, but, but I think sometimes we miss out on what we could do for God because there's some work involved. Uh, the ministry is work. To provide for your family is work. In order to do one so I can do the other, that is a wonderful thing. Well, Pastor, we'd get more involved if we, could, if we were a staff couple. Well... That may or may not be true, but Priscilla and Aquila worked so they could work for God. They did what was necessary so they could continue to help in the ministry. So couples like this who will work so that they can provide for their family, but at the same time help the ministry of God are the backbone of a church. They're the backbone of the church. I know people who have been members of this church in the past that financially wise, they didn't really need to work that extra job or, or they could adjust their schedule that way, but they did so so that they could give more to the church. Now, now that I've said that, I'll go all over the internet that we've ordered 
everybody to do that. That's not what I said. What I said is, they said we want to be involved as much as we can be involved. We want to do what we can do so that we can be involved. Number six, it gets better from here, I promise. They accompanied Paul in his journey. Look at verse 18. And Paul, after he after this, tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Centria, for he had a vow. Paul, it's time for him to leave. And they were willing to leave the comfort of home to do what? To serve. Now, this is an opportunity, again, I'm not saying that everybody ought to pick up and go somewhere. The point I'm making is, this is what God had for them to do. So they were willing to pick up and go serve. And sometimes, as we have a hard time as Christians, uh, leaving the comfort of our home to go out and serve somewhere. We ought to be willing to serve. The greatest, the greatest, one of the greatest privileges we have is to live in the United States of America. And we have, we have the American dream. In spite of what the news may tell you, capitalism is better than socialism. It's amazing the, 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 the stories of the American dream of people who had nothing but because of the opportunity in, in America, what they enjoy. And man, I, I mean, in recent days, I've given counsel to young adults. If you do this and you do this and you do this with your finances, by the time you're at this point in your life, you won't have anything to worry about. Why? Because it's America. But it's also one of the greatest hindrances to the work of God. Because we get our eyes off of doing the work that God has for us to do. We ought to be willing to serve. Now, this traveling was a difficult task. Uh, it wasn't like traveling today. And when the work of God moved on, they moved on with the work. So they accompanied Paul on his journey. Something else I want you to notice about them is, it, is number seven. They were great teachers. In verse 24 through 26, we find an account of a man named Apollos. Apollos was a powerful and passionate speaker, but was inaccurate in the things he was teaching about Jesus. Notice what verse 24 says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila cared enough to privately instruct him in the proper doctrine. He obviously was a sincere man and readily received their teaching, but perhaps his trust in their character also made him willing to hear them. As a result of their teaching, Apollos was more, effective, uh, more effectively used for God. Now, think about this. Here's a man who, the Bible says he's mighty in the Scriptures. He's teaching. He's preaching. He's having an effect. But he didn't know everything that he needed to know about Christ. And what Priscilla and Aquila did showed the patience and the concern and the care for the ministry to privately 
pull him aside and say, let me give you some instruction that you don't have. Now, whole other stories on, on, on uh, Apollos and how he was willing to take that. But the fact that they would take the time to help him so that he can more effectively be used by God. Wouldn't that be a great thing? And not just our church, churches all across this world, couples who decided, hey, I'm going to find somebody that I can help and give some instruction and give some, some, some attention to so that they can better serve God. Uh, you know, you may, there's some things that you may think, I wish I could have done this in the ministry, but you may be able to instruct somebody and help somebody in a way that they need to be helped and instructed. God has a way of, of, of allowing our paths to cross who they need to cross so that we can help one another. And so uh, they were willing to be that teacher. They made a great difference in his life. They made a great difference in the life of the ministry. I wonder, and, and names don't come to mind right now, but I've heard enough um, illustrations. My own father's got them. I've heard great preachers of the past use them, how when they were a young man and they were preparing to go into the ministry, they had a desire to serve God. They were just what we would call ordinary Christian people who helped them get started or helped them keep going. That's a great thing. Number eight, they put their lives at risk for Paul. Write the reference now, we'll not take time to turn there, but in Romans 16.3, Paul sends greetings to them and says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. We can speculate because of all that was going on during that time of what uh, the situation was, but the, the fact of the matter is, the Bible says that Paul was grateful to them because they were willing to risk their lives for his sake. Friends like this are rare. Ministry companions like this are rare. Compare that, if you will, some who God placed alongside the Apostle Paul to serve alongside them, willing to lay down their lives Compare that to the lack of commitment and loyalty that we see many times in the life of a Christian today. Quite, since I've just, I'll be an equal opportunity offender tonight. I don't think Priscilla and Aquila would have been friends on social media with those who tried to kill Paul. Don't think they would have. Because they were there laying down their necks with him. I don't think they would have been liking posts from those who were attacking the very cause they were supposed to be committed to. Just a comparison there. See, there's not a problem with the Word of God. There's not a problem with the truths that are being preached. There's not a problem with God's church. There's not a problem with the, the doctrine and the mission in, 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 in what we believe. The problem is the commitment to it. They put their lives at risk for Paul. 
Now, this, ought to be, this whole study and tonight ought to bring some, some source of conviction to all of us to our commitment. Now, this is a tried and true church. This is a church that has been tested. So there are those who could testify today and say, by God's grace, I'll stand when it's time to stand. But a lot of times, Christians will stand when there's no consequences. For example, it's easy to say, bless God, they'll never keep me out of the house of God. But let things take place like are taking place in our country today. And it's like, well, I may, I may need to wait and see. Well, there's consequences. So therefore, we find the commitment. It takes special people, those that say, this is what God has for us. And I thank them. He acknowledges they are willing to risk their own necks. They were willing to pay a price. Number nine. 1 Corinthians 16, 19 says, The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Number nine, they opened their own home for the church to meet. They were not selfish people. When the church needed a meeting place, they opened their home. In Romans 16, 3 through 5 Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for, for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Now, we've had to move a few times, haven't we? Uh, nobody had to open their house. I did have a few people offer me if you, need, if you need a place to meet, you can meet in my house. Uh, not large enough. Well, if, if somebody here has a house large enough for all of us to meet, um, I want to talk about tithes and offerings after that, but don't miss this. There was a need, and they met it. What, what I think God wants us to see here is not that you or I, we ought to be having church in your house or my house. But what I, want us, I think God wants us to see here is that we should be willing to do whatever we can do for the church and for the cause of Christ. If you can give some manual labor, you ought to give it. If you can give something above your tithe financially, you ought to do it. If the church has a need, and this certainly was a unique need, they said, okay, we don't have time to, 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 to really think all this out. We're going to do it because the church needs it. This was a hospitable couple who was willing to let their home be used by the church to gather. Because the work must go on. The ministry needs to go on. I guess we could say, as we've already said, they just weren't selfish. They were selfless. Now, this is a giving church. But this is good for us to be reminded of. Can we imagine what would take place in our world if everyone who named the name of Christ had this attitude and this spirit? Well, whatever the ministry needs. Well, we we, we got to get these missionaries around the world. Well, I, you know, we'll, we'll pray for them. 
Don't pray too hard. God might impress upon you to give something. Well, we need to, we need to put another bus on the road. We need to get out and do, 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 get things going and, and moving. And Well, uh, I hope God moves. This was a couple that said God's going to move and he's going to use us to help move it. Because God's not going to do what we can do. He'll do what we can't do. When our resources are, are tapped and we can do no more, that's when God will come in and he'll do that which we cannot do. The secret to great churches often... People say, what is the secret of Emmanuel Baptist Church? Well, there's a lot of secrets. One of them is, because churches need couples just like I'm describing. And we've been blessed to have not just couples, but Christians who would fit the description of these hospitable companions. Uh, willing to help who and how the ministry needs to be helped. I think it's good for us all to be reminded from time to time the work is not about you, the work is not about me. The work is about Christ. And if your Bible is open still, if you flip over to 2 Timothy 4, we know Paul's coming to the end of his life. This is his last letter, this is the close of his last letter. And if you look at your Bible, our text tonight was chapter 19, and you see the end of the chapter, there's only 22 verses. He's getting to the end. But he could not complete this final letter without saying, Timothy, salute Priscilla and Aquila. Salute them. He didn't just mention them. He didn't just say, oh yeah, tell them hello. That word salute signifies great respect. It signifies honor. I've got to not just mention them, I must salute them. Because the work would not have been what it is without them. It's true of any pastor who does anything for the Lord. He doesn't do it alone. We get a lot done in this church. There's more we're going to do in this church. I thank God for those who work alongside me, and there's so many. Whatever the work needs, pastor. What, 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 do, you, what do you need me to do? Because it's about the work more than it is about you and I. We understand that. But they were the hospitable friends because when Paul needed those companions, they were there. When Paul traveled, they traveled with him. That probably gave Paul some comfort. That certainly gave him companionship when Paul needed to make some money to 
provide for himself. Here's Priscilla and Aquila working alongside of him. I, I don't know exactly how that worked out, but I wonder if it was Priscilla and Aquila who said, oh, I know where some work is. And they said, hey, we, know this, we vouch for him. He can work with us for a little while, and he can make the money he needs, and so we, the work can go on. They worked together, and then when the church had a need, we'll just open our home so that the church can have what it needs. God has placed all of us in unique positions. If you're, if you're husband and wife and you can serve the Lord together, man, you ought to do it. What a joy. What a privilege. You may not serve in the same ministry, but you're serving the same God, you're serving in the, in, the, in the same church. You're serving the Lord together. What, that, and every young couple here, that ought to be your goal. Is that you stay faithful. Now, your goal right now is not to be old like, like others are, but... If you stay faithful long enough, you will be. But what a thing to be serving the Lord together. There's going to be a... And I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Paul writes about that crown. Henceforth, that crown. You think the Apostle Paul is going to have any rewards in heaven? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Priscilla and Aquila are going to as well. Because of their own faithfulness, because of their own work, because of their own dedication, which enabled Paul to do his. Your work in the ministry may be to allow somebody else to do their work in the ministry. That's not a small thing. A simple illustration tonight is the ladies in the nursery are allowing me to preach. I, I, I love, I pray for those children. I love those children. I love greeting the children before, before and after the service. But when I'm preaching, I like them in there. That's a simple illustration. But your service that you wonder if it's really making a difference, could be the very thing that's allowing somebody else to serve in their ministry. That's important. I wonder, Paul was a man, just like you and I. He's flesh, which means there was times he probably got discouraged. I wonder if his heart ever got lifted because there was Priscilla and Aquila And he said, I'm going on a journey. And they said, we're going too. Why are you going? Because you're going. I wonder if that ever lifted his spirits in times when he was a little discouraged. See, I hope we're getting the glimpse that the greatest apostle Paul was, one of his greatest traits was he saw the people. He realized their sacrifice. He realized their willingness to, to not just serve Him, but serve the Lord, and He's acknowledging it. And I believe that He's saying, I salute you, Priscilla and Aquila, because that crown that I'm looking forward to receive, you've got a part in it. Because you were those hospitable companions that not just helped me, but helped the church.
Let's allow these traits of these two Christians to be a help to us tonight. Father, I pray you help us to apply these 